0: This is Joel Spolsky, the host of the Stack Overflow podcast. Our podcast depends on listeners like you, who aren't you, because you're already listening. And we need more listeners like you. We don't have any kind of fancy marketing budget. So please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell your friends to subscribe. Thank you. This is the Stack Overflow podcast, episode 64. Eh.
1: Hexadecimal,
0: psych!
2: This is the stack overflow Podcast, <laughs> episode 100. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, we got that joke. Oh, uh,
2: that was just like the perfect. Joel makes a cheap, bad joke. David sighs. I giggle like a schoolgirl, and Jeff silently shakes his head at the bad joke, like old times. Just like old
3: times.
0: This is the Stack Overflow Podcast, episode 100, recorded Thursday, January 26, 2017, at Stack Overflow headquarters in New York, New York, home to the Statue of Liberty, where more than 8 million people live in peace and enjoy the benefits of democracy. Today's podcast is brought to you by The Cheeseburger. It's a hamburger topped with cheese and Compose. Compose has spent the last five years helping developers ship applications with production grade databases. Try Compose today and get a free limited edition t shirt. Hurry qualities are limited. Offer only for US residents. Visit compose.com today. On today's podcast, the usual crew VP of Stack Overflow, Jay Hanlon. Good afternoon. VP of Engineering, David Fullerton. Hello. You know, David, actually, this morning I woke up and I thought, <laughs> sorry to interrupt. <laughs> we almost started the podcast. Isn't today David's wedding anniversary? And I wonder if he's planning anything special. Oh, no. But then I forgot that and went to work.
3: It is my wedding anniversary.
0: All right, happy yeah. anniversary! It's weird that you know that. Yeah, and and our news editor is Ilana <laughs> Itaki.
2: Hello, everyone. Is anyone else nervous? Like David's wife's going to pop out of a cake, or I don't understand what's happening right now, but I'm disoriented. I want to know, know what you plan for your anniversary. Are you going to dinner? What are you going to do? <sighs> How
1: about some champagne? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: <Woo>! <laughs> okay,
0: this is a special champagne episode, and today in honor of this special 100th episode of the Stack Overflow podcast. Stack Overflow podcast co-founder jeff atwood hello and i'm your host joel spolsky welcome back jeff yeah thanks good to be here i miss you guys okay what's going on all kinds of stuff joel's rant it's just
2: blank i have no rant for today awesome we could go on to one minute tech review have you tried out any new tech products joel that you could describe to us ideally in let's be realistic seven to eight minutes
0: (laughs) okay i'm gonna do it in one minute This is an app called Band. Has anybody seen this app?
2: No. Band. It's like a phone app? Yes. Okay. Nobody's
0: seen it. Unfamiliar. Okay. That is the problem. It has like groups. There are group chats. You can make events with like times and you can be like, tonight the group is going to dinner. And picture album. So like after dinner, you can put up some pictures of the dinner.
2: It's like a GroupMe or Beluga, like little mini chat groups.
0: Yes. I didn't realize there were other apps that did this, but okay, this one is called Band. Sorry, sorry. I thought there was So here's more. what happened. Okay. My friend Peter made a group. He invited me. Cool. He sent me a message. I sent him back a message. I installed the app. and yeah, signed yeah. up. I put my phone number in my... Chose a password, put the password in my password. We, we know how
2: apps work, right? Right, right.
0: This is also sort of having to serve as a rant because it's like if I have to sign up for a new app, it's probably going to take 20 minutes while I load my password manager and then choose a password. And it's like 18 characters with like special
2: squiggles. But squiggles they've correctly figured out emoji. that if you have a friend named Peter and he wants yeah. to invite you to something, you might just put up with that nonsense. And you did.
0: Sure. Okay. And so we texted back and forth a couple of times and I was in that. And I never saw another person on this app or another group. So. One star. <laughs> <I'm getting laughs> That's my review. Kind of sucks. There was nobody there, and we could
2: have just been texting. Got the it. The intersection between yeah. I have a review of a product that will yep. take about a minute, and I will share my thoughts on. And something happened to me yesterday that I've picked at random has yep. gotten very large. No, so no, it's no. A no bigger, but a my thing part where I'm, I'm actually
0: giving you my review
3: of the app, which it's also is also a little it bit sucks. of a review of your friend Jeff. I mean, Peter was not it? Peter, sorry. I take an interest, David. God, uh, I got confused with with Jeff Atwood. <laughs>
2: Only Joel can press the crickets button, so. Yeah. So, Jeff, since you're here anyway, why don't you share some random thing you did yesterday that almost no one's interested in? No. Uh, sorry, Joel. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm really. I'm going to go download this app. No, I'm not, because you gave it one star. Go ahead listening. and
0: download it. We I, can be in a group.
2: <laughs> You've made it sound wonderful. I
0: really, I don't get the point of this app. If everybody was on it and this is how they did groups, that might be a thing.
2: Shouldn't you be in a, in a band? So there, are just as background for you. There were 19 apps that do this. So GroupMe is this exact thing that okay. Microsoft ultimately acquired. Yeah. Facebook does this. They bought an app yeah, called- Yeah,
0: Facebook, because it's built in and there are, you know well, how not, many but, people are on band?
2: But Facebook not bought Beluga. Not one billion. Facebook bought Beluga, actually, which did this. Yeah. And then integrated that into their little Facebooking nonsense. Anyway. Okay.
0: So that's the caviar and we got champagne. So cavi- what else do we need? We have caviar? Beluga.
2: Bel- that's not the good one, though. You want the <sighs> host or I don't know. It all tastes salty to me. Which is yummy, I guess, much caviar? like a cracker. I've Maybe only it had
0: it once when it was served to me free on an airplane. Are we really talking about
2: caviar? Do you like caviar, Jeff? You seem like a caviar guy.
4: I don't think I've ever actually tried caviar, to be honest. Oh, you no know what it tastes it. like?
2: Lox. Salt. I don't have
4: the stacked chefs <laughs> in my house, like some people.
2: They give you a big wad of
0: sour cream and like some toast that you can cover up the caviar so it doesn't taste so bad.
4: I think it's technically
2: not sour cream, right? What is it? No, they give you um, creme fresh. Yeah, yeah, it's creme fresh and fancy you know that sour is? cream. Sour cream. <laughs> but there's a fancy. No, it's slightly different. There's a fancy name for like That's they're really like, just tiny uh, pancakes.
4: Squab. But you know What squab something. really is?
2: The baby chicken. Pigeon. pigeon. What? Yeah, pigeon. yeah. It's pigeon. Oh, that's
4: disgusting. It just sounds better.
2: I was never going to eat one anyway, but that was going to be because I'd never encounter it. And now I'm not going <laughs> to eat one deliberately for the rest of you my know what life. what the original name of. I have a cheeseburger. They're a sponsor. Chilean
3: sea bass is? Oh. New sh- Zealand snaggle fork. Patagonian toothfish.
2: Yeah, that was. Oh. See, they had a good marketing department. Yep. Snaggle that fork. Is, I also want to just mention, rather talk to Jeff, but if I didn't yeah. know what a cheeseburger was and I was Hamburger. hearing it marketed, like the, the way you described it to me, I would assume I have like. A burger in a bun with a piece of cheese on top.
0: That's right. That's really I, I cut and pasted that from Wikipedia without paying too much attention. <laughs> and I think Wikipedia might have a
2: mistake.
1: Is that considered a sandwich?
0: Is a cheeseburger a sandwich? Absolutely. Wait, wait, wait. Let's save that for yeah, a future this, constitution. This, this seems
2: like we'd be wasting it in a parliamentary debate without a vote. We you know, need a straight it, up yeah. or down vote if we're gonna talk about that.
0: So we do the constitution question, get that out of the way so we can sure, talk to our guest do Jeff. It. Sure. Okay. As you know, we're preparing a constitution for Stack Overflow each week. We bring you a proposal and you, our listeners, will decide whether that proposal becomes a part of our new constitution that people are drinking here. Last week, let's see the results from last week. Last week, our question was, Brower Khan, data is or data are? And with the result of last week's stupid constitution question, here's news
2: editor Ilana Yitzhakke.
1: So we got 82% for data are. I'm sorry, I'm not going to interrupt.
2: First of all, no one is saying it correctly. Data. Data. That that wasn't the question. No, Data. (laughs) Arr. Oh
1: that's right. Arr. That's right. <laughs> oh. 82% for Data uh, R. Thank you. But I thought Ethan's was pretty funny because it's weird to say that Data are my favorite Star Trek character. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank Lieutenant you. Data R, Lieutenant.
0: Very good. Very good. Today's uh, constitution question. Okay, let's get started here. You're driving with a friend. Imagine <laughs> that you're driving with a friend are you allowed to tell the friend procon to get out and direct you into a parking space that you have to now parallel park into?
1: That is the bane of my existence. I can parallel park just fine without anybody helping yeah. me. <laughs> oh,
3: there you go. Oh, so like there's when they do that There's a lot of pressure when there's a passenger in there. Way, judging way. The one you. time
1: someone tried to help me parallel park in the city yeah. and, and it just he totally messed me up. Yeah, just yeah, like yeah, leave yeah. me alone. Leave me alone. Dude. I know how to do this.
0: Yeah. I know how to do this. I'm a New Yorker. Now, obviously on a date you
2: do not do this. That would not even be like ask your date to get out of the car and stand on the sidewalk in the cold. Sure. Yeah. People yeah. get picked up you. for dates still? Your question In dad, cars? Uh, in New York? In, cars? in New York. <laughs> I have to say, being in a car and on a date is so... Like, I can't even fathom how far from my life that feels, but okay. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So, Pro or Con, post your answer to Twitter using the hashtag Stack Overflow Podcast. Pro or Con. Pro but, represents. You know, let's leave it a little bit ambiguous. No. <laughs> The question was, pro, you are allowed to tell the friend to get out and direct you into a parallel parking space. Post your explanation, short but uh, explanatory. Fit it in 140 characters. The best explanation, whether on the winning side or the losing side, will be read on next week's podcast. And win a fabulous Stack Overflow sticker, courtesy of the Stack Overflow podcast. Also, submit your ideas for future constitutional amendments. One of them might be named after you. Okay. That was the Constitution. We have a special guest today. We do in honor of podcast episode number sixty-four hex. clear, <laughs> like 60. 60. it's not
3: really number one hundred. This is our made-up numbering scheme. It's
0: not yeah. our made-up numbering scheme. We did a whole bunch of stack exchange podcasts, and then we went back to now Stack Overflow. We're just going
2: for, to forget about all and this. and we
0: resumed the numbering where we left off. So this really is Stack Overflow podcast one hundred.
2: David, it's not really the two thousand seventeenth year. I mean, the Earth was formed. How many? Like, you, you use a system. You follow the system.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is so that what it is, 2017? I think so. It is. I
2: don't know. That's I what I put on my
0: checks. Depends who you I ask. write checks all you the time. You still write checks? <laughs> Nobody writes checks. Our guest is the co-founder of the Stack Overflow podcast, Jeff Atwood, Mr. Coding Horror himself. Thank
4: you. That's right. You know, occasionally I do go back and listen to some of the early- They were good. They were good. Yeah, it's just interesting to go back. You know, it wasn't that long ago. I do keep tabs on when the 10-year anniversary of Stack Overflow will be, because that'll be 2018. Oh, no. It's coming up soon. Everybody's yeah, it's not that far away. Their... We
3: did... Oh, yeah. man. I, it feels like the five-year anniversary was yeah. just n- not very long ago. <laughs> remember, we did... It was really fun. We did the thing where everybody shared their stories about... I've already forgotten, so we overflow. better get moved down to
2: the 10-year anniversary. Actually, I think two of my most favoritist anecdotal look backs on stack overflow were yeah. that that moment we had the fifth anniversary and we asked users to share their stack overflow oh uh, we got like a billion yeah like, like literally like maybe thousand many many hundreds of people were like i had this moment and like someone's like i met my wife on stack overflow and we're like it's not really for that but yay for you, yay for you. <laughs> <laughs> but the other one actually that it was i think it was just before i was even consulting here it was like right predating my time but the farewell jeff podcast Mm-hmm. We had guests, yeah, nice. and there were all these reflections. If yeah. weirdly you like this podcast, but you wish it were actually good and emotional and interesting in a, a legitimate way, I'd encourage you yeah. to go back. We'll link to the right one. But the farewell Jeff podcast. You know, we should do a farewell Jay podcast. It, Let's I, do that. Is there a because? Um, Jay, Joel said he wanted to meet later, and there was no agenda laid out. And this is I haven't told him yet, and he
4: insisted he had to meet with you. Like he insisted, Ma- that Ma- it was important. Ma- they Ma- had Ma- to meet.
3: <laughs> Do we have any of those? Actually, Jay, I I don't want to spoil uh, the surprise, but this was going to be your farewell podcast, <laughs> dun,
2: and we dun. and we asked people to record nice things, but
3: but we didn't get any. You literally
2: are. brought champagne to my firing. Party. I have it. Is, I have I don't it know here. How I Feel about?
3: I'm oh, sorry.
0: That's it. Just says nice things about Jay, and that's what I get. <laughs> <laughs> this is. Absurd. so
2: if you're a listener and not a linker because you don't have the show notes it is episode 31 the title is goodbye jeff don't try to match the 31 to this 100 because the david's point we may have it's changed the new Stack Exchange so. 31 stack exchange podcast number 31 yep. goodbye jeff i actually found it moving and i didn't even work here so it's a nice <laughs> so awesome. jeff you said before that you've missed us so i know one of the things obviously you've been doing is just kind of you know scrapbooking journaling about Finding. things you don't get to say to joel every week that you'd like to anymore but besides that, so you got the Discourse. How's the Discourse going? What's new?
4: Discourse is going great. You know, the thing I liked about Discourse was if you listen to some of the earlier podcasts, there was a discussion about, you know, should Stack Overflow be open source, which Joel hated. And they're kind of funny hated. points. There's one point in the podcast where Joel literally starts talking about the weather because he hates the subject so much, <laughs> which is hilarious. I don't and it was it. because of the open sourcing talk. And in the end, I think Joel was right. Like, it doesn't really make sense for Stack itself to be open source. It wouldn't. It was about the content. I mean, where's Chapado, David? Where is Chapado oh, yeah. right now? No, I turned Nobody into something cares. else, and then
3: they tried to sell it, and then they gave up on that, and then they cloned Quora, and now they sell that. What's Chapado? It's a clone, one of the very first clones. Oh, I don't Stack know. Them. There's two
2: others I run into occasionally. They
3: renamed. They may become Answer Hub or something okay. else, okay. or
4: they rebranded. I just remember David going Chapado, <laughs> but the clones didn't do well, and no. I think part of the reason is it wasn't really the software that was the magic. It was sort of the Kind of the, really the strictness of the system. I know people get nervous when I talk about this, but the quality strictness of like, look, we're trying to do a specific job here. We're not going to be mean to you, but if you can't play the same game we're playing, then you have to like leave the room, basically. Yeah. Right? This is the game we're playing. It's We're here to learn stuff, not to have lols, not to have too much fun even. It's like, we're here to get work done. And that was kind of the magic part of the system. And one of the things that was cool about you know, being at Stack Over for, for four years, when I was leaving, I went and talked to a whole bunch of people because it's it's emotional to leave something that you're so invested in, right? I mean, that's true of everybody. And those talks were interesting because I always felt like I got one or two things from each person that were actually useful. And for one person said to me was, you know, how would you feel if you leave? Do you feel like anyone there is going to make bad decisions? And I said, no. I said, one of the wonderful things about this job is that everybody really understands what the mission is. Like, even the people on meta, like Shog, for example, does a better job than I could have ever done, right? And Jay to some extent does a better job than I could have done because they understand to some extent. Are you can well, that's the nicest thing almost anyone's ever said about me. Don't you undermine it, Dave? <laughs> I'm taking it as said. <laughs> and this was true of just like even people on meta, like a person Cody Gray. I just went on Meta the other day before this podcast to see what was going on and you know what's hot in the neighborhood. And I saw Cody Gray and Cody Gray is brilliant, right? Like he's just another meta user, but like I love his stuff. Like he explains what Stack Overflow is and how it should work better than I could. And that made me feel really good about leaving in the sense that, you know, you're a parent with a child. And the goal of having a child is to ultimately, at the end, the child leaves, right? And that's also very emotional. But that's the way it's supposed to work. You're supposed to raise things the right way so that they can carry on themselves without you there. And they don't need you anymore. And to me, the big realization from that was, you know, we had done it right. Like, I didn't need to be there. And the system works brilliantly, you know? And there are tweaks, certainly, and there's been some really cool tweaks you guys have done since I've been gone. I've been paying attention. But, you know, to me, that was what it was all about, was this sense of building something that's bigger than yourself, such that you don't need to be there. Yeah. So, Jeff, one question on that topic. My children will never leave, will they? They're, they're, they're tiny and adorable and they luck. lucky. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> it's hard to conceptualize. Just wait till they're eight. <laughs> I have children that are almost eight and almost five. They're right on the cusp. It's like one month away. So it's hard to conceptualize 10 years out. It's hard to conceptualize three years out with kids because they change so rapidly. And early on, Stack Overflow was definitely changing. I mean, remember we had all these questions about what's your favorite programming food that we were like totally cool with? Like, oh, yeah, that's (laughs) normal. (laughs) That makes sense. We can have that.
0: Coding on a boat. I don't even
4: remember what the original question was. Oh, God, coding on a boat. I was so angry about coding on a boat. I was super pissed about that. You
3: eventually deleted it from the database. I
4: deleted it from the database. My ultimate revenge, It's not just a regular deleted (laughs) question. If I get really angry, then I'll delete something from the database. It's really
3: gone. Except we do have it in a backup, I think. We have a copy of it somewhere. (laughs) We found it. You're supposed
4: to go bury that like they buried the ET cartridges in New Mexico.
3: (laughs) Did you watch the documentary where they dig them up? I saw that. That was amazing. That was really interesting. You should watch that. It's on Netflix.
4: I will. I'll check that out. But SetcoFlo was also a kind of government, right? Like we had elections. Like we were really... Yeah, You know, pushing the boundaries of what could be done with governance. And there's still almost nobody doing what we're doing there. And I'm really proud of that stuff to the extent that we're carrying it forward. We have all these great moderators. You know, Bill the Lizard retired. Like, I did have a little little Skype call with him when that happened. Bill the Lizard, for those of you who
2: don't know, was are by far sort of most prolific. Productive moderator. moderator. He was like the moderator the very cleared. early days. And there's a period where like we had 15 moderators and he was doing like 55% of the flag clearance yeah. and served very long, just gave an astounding amount of himself. I tried to, to actually
0: moderate once just to see what was involved in Brutal. I got through about one and oh, a
2: half Oh yeah. <laughs> in like an hour. <laughs> but anyway, when he retired after giving so much, we actually had a whole bunch, I think Jared Dixon, I think Shaq, like a bunch of our long-term employees went and took him out for a steak dinner by his house, and I believe Jeff they skyped you in, didn't they, Jeff? They did. Yeah, and it, yeah. Was, it was an
4: honor to be. There. I was happy to be there. That's when I'm not a huge fan of just random, you know, as Joel calls it, random biz dev, right, where people just <laughs> loop you in for looping in reasons. You've expanded, but that this term was over important. The I mean, Bill was amazing. I mean, he was unbelievably prolific. He was like the Michael Jordan of moderators. Yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame. He started moderation. A steakhouse, is what you're saying? Is that, <laughs> that Michael Jordan? The steakhouse On a guy. A line of shoes. Yeah. So. That, to me, is the exciting part. You know, it's also a form of governance. It's a form of government. You know, it's a very sane system that's kind of self-regulating because it has to be. Otherwise, it falls apart. That was the original impetus for, for all that was all these systems right. tend to fall apart over time.
0: They actually, you could look at all the conversations that's happening right now about Facebook and Tumblr and Twitter and abuse. Actually, I think Facebook and Twitter are the two biggest ones where there's all kinds of abuse going on and there's absolutely no moderation of it in any way. And both of the companies are sort of attempting to moderate their own communities by hiring moderators who will respond to flags in an utterly and inconsistent, you know, and capricious way that does not reflect the needs of any community. Like the idea that you could have a single set of community standards that apply to everybody on earth for Facebook is sort of preposterous because, you know, things which are offensive to one culture might
2: be required in another culture and vice versa. As Facebook, I feel like Twitter is struggling with the abuse problem. It's like a yeah. widespread. Yeah. It feels like Facebook, because you can control your interaction. I feel like a their problem a little bit less of a problem,
0: but they still like try to get things off their network that they don't want on their network, right? Like they're struggling with fake news.
2: Yeah, the news. The, the, so the, the, news the, the false information. It's like as the Daily Show becomes the main source of people's news, the jokes matter. Like as yeah. Facebook becomes where people learn, they've got an information problem. I feel like. Facebook does struggle occasionally with like sure. a Gun, blanket ban on sale. something that like feels like art to some people. Yeah. But I feel like it's still a narrow, like, is that a major problem for them now? I don't know. Yeah. They're just yeah. covering it up better than Twitter. Oh, okay. That's I fair. mean, like, I, Twitter they're... actually has like. You can't miss it on Twitter. Like, yeah. it's undermining the system in many ways, I would argue. Kind of. Like, on Facebook, you can kind of hide from it.
0: But we said from the beginning, like, you can't have a binary system where you either are a moderator or you aren't a moderator, and the moderators have to be hired by the company and they impose a single set of rules from a single book. You have to have community standards that the community comes up with. You have to have different communities that come up with different standards, and everybody on the system that's looking at every single page has to be doing the moderation based on how much you trust them, based on their reputation. So that there's a scalable moderation system that's you know democratic and authentic and works everywhere. And if Twitter just had something like
4: that, they wouldn't have a problem. So there. Yeah. Well, we're cheating a little bit because one of my key observations early on was. Everybody thought YouTube had terrible comments, and it does yeah. kind of. I mean, if you go to some really popular video, yeah, I mean, some hugely popular, it's gonna have crazy, crazy yeah. comments. Were you displayed.
2: contractually obligated to say kind of for some reason? Have they sued you in the past? Like that was very, <laughs> yes. that was well, pretty
4: generous. The thing is, it varies. Like you never know what you're gonna get. There's always data points that are yeah, better than it was ten been years, been,
0: years any ago. Any video that's been seen by less than a million people has actually good. Comments okay. Yeah, and always but has, There's
4: actually. videos you can find that have amazing comments on YouTube. They're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" There's actually informative, interesting adds to the video, so it's yeah. not like a blanket statement. So when we started Stack Overflow, we started by saying, "Look, this is about programming. It's not about all the things that can be in the world. It's about programming." And not only that, but as we scoped in, it's, it's like it's about things that apply to all programmers, not all jobs, right? Not just you as a programmer, not, yeah. you know, as Joel said, I see a car on my street. What should I do about it? That problem. Help at Parallel Park is the right answer. I is a green <laughs> Honda Civic parked on my street? That was the question. Yeah, that's the classic Joel, the thing that would only matter to this one person. Right. And to some extent, it's salesmanship. It's marketing. It's like, make me believe in your problem, right? Like Make me understand this problem is the most important problem. That I've ever seen and it's really interesting because programmers love interesting problems right sure. like that's the whole point of all this so make it interesting like don't say oh I have a problem and you know I don't know what to do it's like well wow this is really interesting because if I do this then this happens but then if I do this this happens and I don't understand that doesn't seem right and tell me a story you know it's, it's mm-hmm. ultimately the best questions are kind of a form of storytelling and that's what we're trying to get to you know and again fun size units of work where you can go take five minutes out of your day Look at some semi-interesting Stack Overflow question and share some knowledge, right? Oh, I happen to know about this yeah. and I'll help you with it, right? So it's a good feeling and it scopes the work way down to like, you don't have to write a blog entry because that's, my God, that's really hard. What do I even write about, right? Or I don't write a Wikipedia entry because, my God, you know that's the authoritative yeah. topic on that for the entire world, for the rest of history, yeah. right? I'm a little scared of that.
0: Are they really? I would need to check if they're really saying that a cheeseburger just has cheese on top of a hamburger. <laughs> that's, that's not, that's not what a it, cheeseburger does, is. Scroll
3: down. That's just the summary at the top. Scroll down. There's probably a diagram.
0: It does. It says a hamburger topped with cheese. They do have a correct diagram, but I mean, the very first sentence on there is just, just incorrect. Well, maybe you should edit, Joel. The slice of cheese
3: is based on top of the meat patty. <laughs> Although they corrected so immediately it, after says that, that. There you go. Somebody went in and edited it and was like, this is confusing. This is we, need cl- <laughs> we need to clarify. <laughs>
0: okay. We're trying to make a cheeseburger. Thinking, I don't know what a cheeseburger is. It isn't on the, the menu cheese. of every restaurant <laughs> in the entire planet. You can't just put the cheese Earth. on
3: top of the bun. We
0: have a whole bunch of clips that our audio editor, David Greenley has prepared based on the old Stecoflow podcast, sort of classic moments in Stecoflow podcast history. So I'm going to just sort of sprinkle them. I like how right. we've done that like
2: it's like sure. our hundredth episode. We finally got the big fat syndication deal and so yeah. instead of making new content, we're just gonna play a little bit of and pieces Christmas of all the old episodes and not do story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
4: Oh yeah, we have
0: a name, Stack Overflow. Did you get that domain name?
4: Yeah, we do have it. It is in my possession. I actually put up a little tiny landing page with a funny little cartoon. So if you're curious you can go there and see it. Yeah, I just like that. I just like the uh, the magic. So we're gonna make the magic happen, right? We're just gonna invoke the miracle at this point. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, for like a year the StackOverflow.com was just a picture of a scientist standing at a at a chalkboard.
4: It was more like six months and I got in trouble because <laughs> I didn't properly license that cartoon and Joel chastised me and correctly yeah. for not doing it because it, it was pretty easy to actually I, I think I was just worried like how do I even license this? But no Joel was right, it was pretty easy. You just paid for a little license and so we did have an official license for It that was cartoon. I think it
2: might have been published by my publisher. If it like makes maybe, you I found out. if it makes you feel better when I did the fifth anniversary post. I reused that to kind of call back to that era and this and that, and put it in the post prominently featured. And also, didn't make any attempt to license it properly because it never occurred to me. We're just terrible people. Now, whoever wrote that thing is probably going to sue us based on this podcast. But I'm happy to go get some. I'm going to go ahead and guess
3: they don't listen to the podcast. What? What do you mean? No, I think actually we tracked this person down. This this is it's a fairly famous. The cartoon is scientist standing at the chalkboard and there's yeah. like some crazy equations and then there's one part in the middle where it just says question mark question mark question mark right
4: wait wait i'll read you the email this is really good check it out i replied i said no we didn't i can pull it down if there's a problem it's only a temporary placeholder runway joel says are you kidding if it's a problem you're launching a content company with a blatant copyright violation <laughs> take it down email sydney he sells his cartoons sydney, from his site sydney so, harris yeah sydney, sydney harris. harris apologize buy the rights retroactively and put it back up and then Joel was right. I mean, Joel has chastised me before with things that I didn't think was right, but Joel, I concede Joel was 100% right about this. I said, Of course you're right. I didn't know who the author was or that he had a site. I'll do that now. And I said, I ascribe this to the generational divide in copyright, and then I put a citation. <laughs>
0: generational divided copyright that's like when you go to youtube and there's like an entire video of like a mary tyler moore episode and it's been posted by some child somewhere
3: and they've written no copyright intended or something like they put no words, copyright
4: intended they yeah andy bio talks about this. Like... or
3: the facebook thing where people think that by posting a message they're reserving copyright on their images yeah have you seen that
0: uh yeah they're, they're like if you use this you owe me five hundred dollars or something for that meme <laughs> Anywho, okay, that was sort of a very early kind of prehistory of Stack Overflow before anybody knew what it was. We got the domain name. And I think this is what I couldn't remember so much. Maybe, Jay, you've listened to all the podcasts. I have. How many podcasts did we have before we even told anybody what Stack Overflow was supposed to
2: do? I like that despite I'm the only person, I believe, yeah. maybe who was not recording them, who's listened no, to the podcast. You no, You're them. like, well, you probably memorized how many there were
4: and have it on the tip of your tongue. I don't know offhand. But there many. were a
0: bunch, right, Jeff? We recorded quite there a bit There
4: weren't that before. many. There was maybe eight. All right. Before we kind of got into what it actually was. Felt like forever. Yeah. It was actually a pretty brief period of time. I mean, we joke yeah. about six to eight weeks, but it wasn't actually that long before we got something up and running. And speaking of six <laughs> to eight weeks. <laughs> I want to say six to eight months, actually. was months. From the time we actually conceptualized it to like having something people could click through and go to as an actual. Because there was a yeah. private beta for a while. Remember, there was a private beta. And then there was the public. So that was like a month, though. It was really quick.
0: I've been telling people since then that it was sort of like April that we really started work on it and in August that we launched. So it was really four months.
4: Yeah, that sounds um, about right. End, because I think. Which is about double the eight weeks. Yeah, it wasn't a tremendous long period of time. It wasn't like we were Duke Nukem Forever. And Duke no. Forever to get stuff up. <laughs> Not at all.
2: They finally released it and it was crap, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah, it Duke
3: was King terrible. Forever. Isn't that funny? It Nobody did, thought okay, they were working on it. They didn't it, really it. release it. Wait, wait, no, no. What they did is somebody just bought the rights to it and released another game. Nah. Right? Isn't that... No, no, no. It was
0: no, the game I that they were they working on for 13 years. they actually released it they actually it was rele-
2: terrible.
3: Yeah. It wasn't as bad as Daikatana. It I was just like that. mediocre. It was just like... Clearly not thirteen years worth of
4: work. Was... Okay, hold on. Let me play this clip. Some people have been asking about scheduling, and I want to clarify. I've been telling people six to eight weeks until we get to what we call our private beta of Stack Overflow. So, how'd you get this six to eight weeks? What's this based on? What's this? Uh, did you like make list uh, of tasks that you want to
0: complete? And...
4: Uh, no, I, that's just sort of a off the top of my head <laughs> estimate. Really?
0: Okay. Well, you're doomed, Jeff. There, there's some controversy. User <laughs> <sir>, are doomed. <laughs>
4: I wasn't doomed, though. I wasn't. I just want to point that out. I was not doomed. We, uh, survived. we, yeah, we survived. We made it. Yeah, we survived that miraculously. <laughs> I just want to share a weird
2: experience. When you're sitting in the podcast studio and they play a clip and Joel is ranting about something, but you're staring at Joel, it feels like you can read minds in a really magical way. Like it, there's, there's a weird moment of like, ah. It says on the Wikipedia entry for Cheeseburger, serving temperature, hot. Chart off the <laughs> it's weird because the Jeff Atwood Wikipedia entry says presentation with beard. It's it's a very similar... Yeah,
3: yeah. Okay. So six to eight weeks became a meme, a right? meme. on the site and then forever. And then in the company. And you know, I think programmers all over the world now.
4: Somebody made a single serving site. I don't think it's up anymore, but it was six to eight weeks dot com, which was quite funny. You could put in like all the stuff and you would press a button and it would go calculating, calculating. Then it would say six to eight weeks, <laughs> <laughs> which was hilarious. And I forget who it was in the community, but thank you. That like, was awesome. I know it's not there anymore. But I did want to make one comment, which is Joel was fundamentally right that you need to get to a place where you're showing your work to somebody pretty quickly. Yeah. That is very true. I don't think you have to have a strict deadline or have to know exactly when you're going to be there. But the sooner you can show, the better off you are. I mean, we certainly, I really internalized that with this course where, you know, we're always building in public, right? Like, the number one goal is to not spend too much time thinking about a feature, but build some V1 of it, and kind of have it out there for people to play with and get feedback on it. So that part of the observation was totally correct. You are doomed if you spend a year working on something and have yeah. nothing to show. And then magically, here's my thing. It's like, yeah. it's going to suck, and it's going to be totally wrong, and you can't do that. You need to work in public to some degree. So I that think part was We correct.
0: also knew that what we were trying to do with Stack Overflow was not going to be super-duper complicated. Like, the code shouldn't have been that hard. It was
2: really... Well, the part you innovation. did, Jeffrey, seems quite trivial, actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, I
0: mean, like, the original idea the coding was like, kind of like a discussion forum, <laughs> the Joel and software discussion forum that I had, which is really terrible and super basic, Yeah, but that was like at most a day day or two I've of I've seen work. the code. in Yeah, I mean, it was like a page of code.
2: The showing the work thing, this is like straight up lean startup. Like, the best example he had is there's some company that was making, uh, I wasn't Second Life, but it was some avatar-based interactive thing. And their basic plan was, like, they couldn't get the characters to, like, walk naturally. They just, like, teleported or some crap. And they're like, God, it's going to take us six months before they can move around in a way that doesn't infuriate everyone. Yeah. And somehow, almost by accident, they wound up, like, user testing or focus testing. And everyone's like, the best thing is that I can teleport. I love this. I
4: love how <laughs> teleporting it is. And
2: they were like, Roger, we okay, have the teleport good. game. Yeah. And, you know.
4: Yeah. So I think what Joel's trying to say is that, particularly for you know, social software, which Stack Overflow is powered by other programmers. It's not Mm -hmm. like me and Joel were sitting there answering all the questions.
0: Although I have relatives who still think I do that.
4: (laughs) It was funny, though, because one of the first things Joel said to me was, I know this is working because I had some regex question, and I searched for it on our Stack Overflow beta, and it was actually I had answered it. It was about URLs that end in like a period. Yes, you remember.
0: And in fact, that was the first time I used Stack Overflow, and a day after the private beta launched, and it wasn't, I don't know if it was a private beta or if it was a pretty wide private beta. I don't remember.
4: It was somewhat wide. People had to submit their names. I like had like yeah. a little file and notepad. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe we were adding like 100 at a time or something. And I want to say like 8,000 to 10,000 names. Though. It was quite a few people. Yeah. I just want to point out lot. that Joel concluded this
2: giant, theoretically scalable, like social interaction place. We hope the whole world would share information. I knew it was working because I asked a question. And it was answered by the single only other person who I could pretty much guarantee was on it. My partner had answered it. That was... But it was just coincidence never, that it happened. It, it was, was happy
1: sort
0: of a coincidence because there were other question. answers there and there was voting and yours had already been voted to the top and...
4: Well, as it should be, of course. But, <laughs> but they,
0: <laughs> I also want to say that there was already a feature in there where you typed the title of the question and it tries to search for similar questions and that had already worked. When you're asking. When you're asking. Yeah. So yeah. I was attempting to ask a question. Yeah. And the thing I remember about this, Jeff, is that I was on vacation that week, and I had no access to a normal computer or regular internet, and so I was actually doing this on a Nokia E71 feature phone. (laughs) I was not doing this on any kind of smartphone. Did they call them feature phones then? I don't know. Maybe they called it a smartphone. It was that in between. It was
4: pre-iPhone. We don't want to talk about this. It had
0: a keyboard. It had its own like Opera Mini browser. And when I saw like everything working the first day, and I saw like the people just sort of swarming and asking questions... I was confident that it was going to work. And we did a podcast like right after that. And I think I phoned in for it or something and you had Jeff and Jared on. Is this possible? Oh, nice. is, like, could this all have happened yeah. at the same time? This yeah. is possible. Yeah, right? I
4: believe it. It was just me, Jeff Dalgus, and Jared. And yeah. Joel, that was the whole company at that point. Yeah. That's two of our most tenured developers.
0: You guys might've done that yourselves. And I just like emailed you or something. Cause that might've been the one that you did by yourself. Cause I was on vacation. And I, told you guys, hey, this thing that you built, every program in the world is going to use this. Like, this is going to be a thing that 100% of programmers use all the time. And you were all like, nah. I'm like, no, I can tell. Like, this is lighting up like nothing I've ever seen before. This is, like, totally successful just based entirely on this one experience with that (laughs) URL question, which maybe you just read my mind and so you made sure that that one was answered. But (laughs) there were, you know, thousands of questions, like, right away. And that's how I knew it was going to work. And I knew that it would, like, just like fill up with every possible question kind of right away, and then every program would use it. And I don't know how long it took you guys to come around to my belief that it would be a universal thing.
4: Uh, I think it took a quite a while for me because I don't really like compliments. Like I. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the thing that really struck me was when people were straight facedly comparing Stack Overflow to Wikipedia. That kind of stopped me dead in my tracks to think that we had built something as significant as Wikipedia was. I mean, that is an incredible compliment because Wikipedia to me is like, literally when you're playing a game of civilization and you build one of the wonders of the world, that's wikipedia right yeah. <laughs> freaking pyramid. i think right? are you that's mixing up wikipedia is. with the library at alexandria or the hanging is it is there a... i think it's on scale with those i think it's sure. literally one of the the wonders that you build in civilization so when people are comparing you with a straight face not ironically at all to like wikipedia like one of the wonders of the world i'm like wow we really did do something amazing here you know that's when it really struck me
2: mm-hmm.
4: that was years later though it took a while I would say like 2010. The point right, is, it
2: takes a pretty 10. long time to conclude that Joel is right on average, generally speaking.
0: We did this mix. True. You and I were on stage at this mix conference in Las Vegas that Microsoft put on. And we were supposed to talk about how Stack Overflow uses ASP.NET MVC with Razor. maybe before that was before Razor. I don't know supposed to show yeah. code.
4: We were an early ASP on yeah. NBC
0: user for sure. Yeah like super early there was nobody else. Yeah. Scott Gu wanted to get us up on stage and I was like let me ask the audience how many of you use Stack Overflow and you're like no that's gonna be embarrassing nobody's use Stack Overflow. And It was still like it was like half the audience you know it was like a huge number of people and we were very impressed because that was very very early on it spread but it was already sort of half the audience at a, an event like that and actually that was the last time I was ever able to ask that question without People just laughing, just being like, how many people use Stack Overflow? That's funny. Right.
4: It's like, how many people use Gravity? Exactly. <laughs> Me, How many people have typed a search into Google? It's that yeah. prevalent. Yeah.
1: Coming from a non-tech background, I mean, when I got this job and I told people, yeah, I'm working at Stack Overflow, I can't even tell you how many people, oh my God, you're working at Stack Overflow? I can't believe it. Stack oh, Overflow.
4: No. It's famous.
0: That's great. I was do another quote.
4: I liked one of your observations early on, Joel. It's, this is not another place to discuss tabs versus spaces. <laughs>
0: oh, dear. Well, the podcast, however, is still available. Can we do the <laughs> tab
3: versus spaces constitution? It's question? on the survey. It's on the dev survey this year. And if you haven't filled out the dev survey, you should go do that oh, at a link we will put in the show notes. Let's just put up a paywall now for doing 3 We're giving three, we're giving three options up. tabs, spaces, or both. So, you know. Not just a binary. It's much more complicated than that. That's that's so... No, you're wrong. We're going to solve so this right. once and for all. Yeah.
4: So even though we did have an understanding that we didn't want too much argument, essentially things that are unanswerable, like, you know... Right. VI versus Emacs is unanswerable. Right. It still took a while to figure out there were still classes of questions that were really just opinion-based that didn't necessarily look opinion-based. Right. And we still had to clamp down on them. And the thing I remember the most is seeing questions that had literally like 100 answers. I'm like, something is wrong here. This can't be there's right. no programming question that yeah. can have 100 viable answers, right? Like 10, maybe. 15, okay, fine, I could see that. 20, maybe, and it's about 100. Uh, yeah. You know, we're doing this wrong. Like, something is wrong here. And it took a while to clamp that stuff down. And even today, if you go to Hacker News and there's something comes up with Stack Overflow, there's going to be somebody bitching and yeah. some favorite thing of theirs was closed. And I go in and every time it's an opinion-based question. Sure. It's like, should I use A or B? You know, do I like sharks or gorillas? And you're like, <laughs> oh my God. And every time. One of the reasons I was kind of happy to leave Stack Overflow is I got so tired of explaining that over and over to people. Like I got really cranky about having to explain things over and over. Even though being a leader a lot of times is literally explaining things over, over, and, over. and over to people, right? But it does wear on you. Like, why don't they understand? I would say about seventy-five percent of people get it though, which is good. They understand, okay, this is an opinion question. It's irreconcilable. Like you can't. We've done a reach good enough an job of
0: teaching enough people about it from the hacker news type crowd that we don't have to do all the explaining. So when the people bring this thing up, there's somebody else who can explain it to them.
4: You know, yeah, exactly. Because if you play. allow that, it yeah. kind of destroys the thing. I mean, you guys all know this, but like sure. it, it destroys the reason you went there in the first place. They're asking you to destroy the thing that they love, and they don't know that. And that it's yeah. unbelievably frustrating to me. It's like you're asking exactly. us to destroy this thing.
0: It's the same thing as the
2: people that want there to be a Wikipedia article about every
4: Pokemon character. Or,
2: um...
4: Well, there is actually a
2: Wikipedia <laughs> article about every Pokemon <laughs> character. <laughs> bad example. I can't believe you're inviting this again. Bulbasaur deserves his due. Well, oh, that's a major. Bulbasaur clearly does. That's a but major But some character. of the lesser Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. So we just made this whole podcast of interest to my children, so I'm excited about this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be very
4: popular. So hit us with a clip, man. Private yeah. Void I just felt had weird connotations and I think you agreed. It just Private yeah. Void. That like was our number using
0: two. The bathroom something. It's sort of like a bat oh yeah, using the bathroom. Or it's also a kind of a, a like like a beetle bailey kind of character. Like oh, he's a private, private in the Void. army and yeah. he's got no brains. Yeah. So we call him Private Void.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> that would um, have been a terrible name.
3: Private Void was the number two we let the we let people vote on the on your blog, right, Jeff? You had a there, yeah. was, a, there was a vote for names and Private Void was number two. <laughs> it was a, it was a close thing, right? Not so close, no. Decoflow won by like
4: three to one. Joel said, oh, you put a poll up. And I was like, yeah, because I couldn't decide. And, you know, we're doing everything with the community, right? That's the whole point of this is the yeah. transparency. You guys and gals are the ones doing the work. So you should have input into pretty much everything that we're doing. So we put all the names up because naming is, you know, super, super hard. It's like one of the hard problems in computer science, right? What, what is a good name? <laughs> and I'll always remember Joel said, you put up a poll. And he's like, how many people answered the poll? And I said, I don't know, like 5,000, 6,000. And Joel was like, wow. He was really impressed that five or 6,000 people – and I was yeah. like, I, I didn't even have a way to conceptualize the number, but Joel was very impressed with this number. So I was like, wow, maybe that's really good. That we had all these people respond. I
0: could put up a poll right now on Twitter, and I would get like 84 <laughs> votes total.
4: It depends how many people retweet it and stuff. It's uh, a visibility issue. I, I would never get that many but anymore. It, it is a point of satisfaction for me that like we – we're able to let the community help us decide in a really hard problem, which is naming, right? It's very, very hard. Yeah. That's why we, we originally a shipped name. as Bodie McBoatface. And then <laughs> after <a> good- <laughs> some
2: rebranding work, we wound up as Stack Overflow. It was a new thing,
3: because you go back and look at that list of choices that you let people vote on, and Stack Overflow is literally the only good one. Like if Stack Overflow Hadn't no, been on printer a printer on fire man They would have chosen Something really
2: terrible
4: Joel because... really <laughs> loves This printer on fire thing
2: <laughs> But is any part of that Like post hoc Like we're like Today it seems Obviously uh, perfect
3: But no like, They were pretty They were really weak. bad names in that list Like
0: Oh I had bought The domain zipqa <laughs> I was like, it's five letters. It's got
3: Q A, wow. and it's got Z in it, and you love Zip, and you love names with Z in it. I guess Fog, bug, that's Zip. like
2: worse than the branding guy at the post office did when he was trying to make the post office cool. That was re- that's terrible. Zip, Zip code. Remember, Mister Zip? They had like Mister Zip. Mr. He just mail there in a hurry, and he's whimsical, and you'll probably mail stuff more after having seen him. Um, yeah. i guess this was like 30 years ago or something because right. okay, it's probably people. before I was alive. Nice. <laughs> nice, this is ageism in tech. This is bias right here. Right, right.
0: So what we're trying to get here, I guess we could say, is a a place where you can ask questions uh, about technical programming questions, because we're programmers. Uh, You can get answers and then get those answers rated and and try to have the signal rise to the top and the noise just disappear forever.
3: Wow. Might be the earliest description of Stack Overflow ever. Recorded? Recorded.
0: Yeah, I can hear. It's like that old-timey AM sound, so it's probably from...
3: (laughs) Like you should 19, make it crackle more, 20. like you're even, sitting at like it's podcast episode Churchill's. number one. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was that was. You didn't was even, you didn't even one. quite know how to describe. Wait it. a minute, we had even disc- so in episode one, we told people there was going to be Q and A, and it was going to be programming questions, and there was going to be voting. and It was going to go up and down. Did you? Yeah, that's what the is saying. That was podcast episode number one. Oh, so it yeah. wasn't ever a secret on the podcast. Well, nobody had actually seen it, and I think they just interpreted it in about a million different ways. Oh, okay.
4: You now that you mentioned that, Joel, it's another reason to have the beta and stuff. Was they were imagineering all these things yeah. that like had no relevance. Like we're like, not. It's a blogging we're doing. platform. Like, you're or... imagining a path that we're not on. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's another reason to have something out there so people can actually focus the discussion on what's actually the real software and not their imaginary version of it in their head. <laughs> I'm I'm really happy that I was able to pull along people that I knew that were just really amazingly talented people, you know? And and I was like, well, come with me on this adventure and we'll make you awesome. And that's still the goal. I mean, (sighs) that hasn't changed. Millions and millions of people came along. Yeah. I mean, and the cool thing is too, like not just the people that I worked with, like, you know, like you obviously and everybody else at stack, but like, The individual contributors, like John Skeet, like, obviously, we know John Skeet is a household name at this point, right? Right. But everybody else on Stack Overflow that's showing off, you know, all the cool stuff that they know, that was definitely the goal. It's about knowledge winning. Right. That's something that's very much needed in the world today, I think. Yes. Knowledge (laughs) should win, right? And skill should win. And that's what it was about, showing off what you know. So... Yeah, I still believe in that. And I go on the stack sites all the time. And if I see something that's that needs editing, I'll edit it. If I need to comment on something, I'll comment and I vote on stuff. I mean, I'm a citizen, right? I still do all that stuff. I don't answer stuff anymore. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of time for that, but <laughs> occasionally I'll post questions. A lot of stuff's on server fault, actually, because the last two years I've been really immersed in Linux. No. I'm kind of a Linux noob. So I go on Ask Ubuntu, I go on server fault to some degree and Unix and Linux. So sometimes I'll ask there, but I haven't been answering too much lately.
0: One of the things I highlight often as sort of one of the humanistic design elements of Stack Overflow is the fact that we don't expect you to become dedicated to Stack Overflow forever. Like,
2: But it's okay if you do.
0: Nah. So first of all, there's a little mechanism in there where you can only earn a certain amount of reputation per day anyway. And so at some point you realize if you're contributing more than a couple hours of work to Stack Overflow that you're not earning additional reputation. I mean, well, you're welcome to try. diminishing returns, at least. Yeah.
3: Because you get
2: some. You get well, Jeff accept- wanted you to go you get the outside, for right? Wasn't that the, the yeah. it's all right, go, go take a walk, you know, see your- It's, your it's actually life. interesting
0: because there are were, there were sort of counterexamples, like the best one I heard of is Turntable FM, which was so exciting and so addictive that people would just spend four hours on it every day. Because yeah. you're and, a cool DJ person. Yeah. It was like bizarrely overly addictive and people would just burn themselves out in like a week or, and never go back. And so- everybody was like super excited about it. And the first time they used it for eight hours and the next time they used it for 12 hours. And then they were like, I I don't have time for that in my life ever again. And so there really is a way to be kind of too far along the scale of making a game. That's just too mesmerizing and a little bit,
2: they sort of described it as cocaine. That was my, that was my candy crush experience. Like I don't love mindless games that much to start with. Yeah. But somehow someone's like, you got to try it. You got to try it. And it was like just perfectly made the like, that keep going. It was just had good production values and you got into it and it had this and it was it's designed to be super addictive. Yeah. And if it had been less engaging, I would have played it longer. Mm-hmm. Like I basically hit a point where like I was like sitting down to read to my kids and like they went to the bathroom and I'm like I could sneak a game in and I'm like this is madness and yeah. I just deleted it. I didn't like how empty addictive it felt. So we have
0: me. sort of those little touches and I think there was also something about Echo Flow where essentially You know, we never said you have to be a member for life. Everybody has to contribute to every question. We sort of expected— Blood in, blood
2: out, that sort of thing? Yeah,
0: we sort of expected it was like, hey, come participate for a while. And if you get bored answering newbie questions, just move on. Just move on. And that was based on the experience of Usenet where there were just these crotchety old people that have been there forever. And they were just angry about people asking, you know, medium-level questions or even advanced questions that weren't super advanced because they saw them six years ago. And it's like, it's not that we're boring, it's that you're a boring person. And so kind of, you know, our approach was like, those people should just go away and new people should arise to answer the questions.
2: But this is one thing I've always said about Stack Overflow, and I don't take a lot of credit for this. You guys really did this before I was here, is it's essentially, in my view, the first sort of broad interaction social network. So Facebook, I consider it small, like you're dealing with small groups, but where everyone's essentially can interact with almost everyone else that maintained what I call like a stable orbit, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, to your point, it's like the original groups that were focused and like had a group and it was on a topic. These Usenet groups, they got more and more insular until it was like the no new people club. And they just got too frustrated with the new people. And they had to either splinter off to the old grumpy guy's room and there'd be a new person room or whatever. But they could not allow anyone else in because they got so restrictive and intolerant of everything. Mm -hmm. Or it goes the other way, which I call like, so that's like crashing into the earth. And the other way is, like, I call it my spacing out, where the orbit just keeps getting bigger and bigger until, like, now it's dancing cats dressed as grandmas, right? on the And it just becomes, it's like to Jeff's point is, if you start with asking about coding and then you're asking about, like, your chair is uncomfortable while you're coding. And eventually the question is like, I was coding and my cat fell on a plate of syrup. How do I get syrup out of cat fur?
0: No, that's a fine question. The question becomes, what are you eating?
2: Well, right, 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 <laughs> right now. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. You're going to ask about how to get syrup out of cat fur on Stack Overflow. No, no, to John, on, but one of the not other Exchange. Maybe
0: a different Stack Exchange site, but pet, that's
2: better than. Stack exchange. But the point is, it, syrup. It's, it's anything. And like cooking,
3: what's, cooking Stack Exchange?
2: What Stack Overflow achieved, and I argue. Only that if diff- you're going to use the syrup, interesting. <laughs> This is now the Sierra Podcast. Uh, welcome, Vermonters, and I think Jeff, to your earlier point, it was the fact that the community was constantly adjusting instead of some dictatorial force, basically, that allowed it to keep shifting back into an orbit that I think welcomed new people in, but established clear enough guidelines that it didn't become useless chaos. And that, no, but we that made them do that. Is hard.
0: Sorry, a Usenet also had a community, and that's where they get the insular old grumps from. You know, a bunch of people playing dominoes on the street yeah but know? it
2: was that that balance right? you had the community but it was also steered by a philosophy with strong like yeah. you guys had an opinion about what it was going to be and unlike using that unlike reddit yeah. the group couldn't just be like f that i'm tired of it you guys yeah. didn't want to run it but you kept so nudging them back. some examples of this is
0: we said from the beginning like newbie questions are okay yeah. rtfm questions are okay you're not allowed to say rtfm right. just write the answer And that's going to be allowed, and we're always going to tolerate that. And by sort of building that in sort of early on, we essentially said, you don't have the right to say, what are all these newbies doing here? They're all idiots.
4: Well, another thing that prevents that from happening is those Usenet groups were very specific to, like, I don't know, C programming or whatever. Mm -hmm. Whereas Joel and I early on said, okay, we're going to have this tagging system because we feel like programmers have more in common with each other than they understand. Yeah. Like, you probably need to know regular expressions. You probably need to know operator precedence, regardless of language, right? You need to know the stuff. SQL, you're going to need to know that. JavaScript, to some degree, you're probably going to need to know in the long arc of history. So rather than keeping them in their own little rooms where they could, you know, eventually become this weird little offshoot place, they were kept in sync with the larger body of what's happening in programming. Like, early on in Stack Overflow, we timed perfectly accidentally with the rise of the iPhone and Mm -hmm. and building iOS apps. So because that was so new and it was such a great place to ask new questions that it became the de facto place for people to go for iOS programming. I've heard that many, many times. It was an accident of history, but it was also due to design. And we weren't saying, okay, you're iOS programmers, stay in your own little room. Don't ever step out of the Apple world. We're like, no, there's a bunch of other questions here about programming that may actually be able to help you. So I think that is a factor as well in what you're saying, Jake. Yeah. yeah.
0: Turns out on pets.stackexchange.com, we have a question. How do I get a Band-Aid out of my dog's fur? <laughs> so I knew that one was legit. It's really the questions that we used to see on answers.com. Like, I can't seem to get my act together and do my homework. <laughs> or what are you eating? Or what are you listening to right now? It's just like crazy things happen when you allow people to type things with question marks. And you just allow
4: everything. That's like Joel's characterization of all... And I know you've talked about this before, David, but I agree. Everything is just typing stuff into boxes in Windows. That's pretty much computing. <laughs> yeah. That is computing. Mm-hmm. It's just you type words into boxes on your computer.
0: Yeah, you have a little box and you type words into it and then they get sent to a server and the server does something with them and then puts them in a different box on a different computer in a different place and everything is just a permutation of that.
3: Yeah. That's and all. no, and this was also in the context of like <laughs> yeah. like closing questions. It's that people think there's a fundamental right for them to type That's into right. the computer see and for box, that they should be able to type anything into it and it should yep. be able to be seen by everybody in the entire universe until the heat death of the universe. Yes. Yes. And as soon as you take away that right, they get extremely angry. To be clear, we weren't taking away that right. We we're just saying not here. Just just go do it somewhere else. Yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> One thing I've kind of wondered about is there could be an effort to hybridize Stack Overflow with like Khan Academy, basically, where if somebody comes in and they're so newbie that they just don't know anything about anything. Like Joel's example was always like, to answer this question, I would have to read you a book literally right. from beginning to end, <laughs> right? Because right. Right? you lack so many of the core fundamental concepts <laughs> like, that are necessary to even understand. Hi, I am new to medical stadium.
0: science and would like to remove my kidney.
4: Exactly. <laughs> tell me how to do a kidney operation. I need to take out my kidney. So just answer my question. What's the problem? I bet there's right? a WikiHow article. <laughs>
2: like with, Complete with diagrams.
4: I'll tell you what. You're not going to find help on his web
2: app. While apps. riding a bus.
0: Those guys are <laughs> not I'm riding a bus card. and I need to remove my kidney.
4: Well, can I just. So the best WikiHow article is how to be a juggalo. If you haven't seen that, <laughs> please go there right now. <laughs> <laughs> and read that because it's amazing. It's one of the most amazing pages in it, how to be a juggalo. And what I love
3: about WikiHow is that, as far as I can tell, is they go back and they take the articles that have become insanely popular <laughs> because they let you land on Google all the time, and they add, like, full illustrations to them. So they'll take these, like, really weird like basic articles yeah. like you know how to kiss a girl or something yeah. and it's got like full illustrations
2: because it's wait, super I'm sorry, do you have common... a link? do you have a link to this because i that sounds <laughs> google pretty it useful. i'm sure it's that on there that sounds pretty i could learn to wait so i'm sorry i still don't I, know what a I heard, juggalo is. i heard alana laugh out loud so alana would you mind maybe <laughs> being just such a professional could you maybe read to us the highlights for how to be a juggalo
1: <laughs> listen to the popular hits from insane clown posse <laughs> songs like Great Milenko, Hocus Pocus, the Needin' Game, Boogie Woogie Woo, and What Is Your Juggalo? Are popular songs to start with. <laughs> <laughs> the animations are amazing too. I mean, these. No, uh, no, no! Don't. That's enough. Don't spoil the surprise. All right, everybody. <laughs> I think go. everybody go read it. Go to your, your page. Box.
4: Enjoy the experience. We don't want to. And I do want to point out, in an alternate universe, that actually could have been what Stack Overflow was. I'm not totally joking about this because if you don't scope what you're doing, yeah, you're like, well, you can answer you can ask any question here. Like this is actually
2: one of the best case outcomes. Am I the only one now envisioning Joel and Jeff dressed up like Juggalos, standing awkwardly in a Juggalo crowd, like this? Oh no, man, I'm a coward. <laughs> Saying
4: whoop whoop, whoop whoop, apparently according to the cartoon <laughs> bubble on this wiki outside. Whoop. <laughs> Uh, Oh, this is fantastic. That would be good. That's a great image. I want to keep that image. I want to try (laughs) some more of my buttons. Somebody asked me, like, when did you feel you were successful? That was me just When did you feel that you had really made it? And for me, it was, you know, writing that blog post about choosing your own adventure. Like, the right decisions are always a little scary. That's about startup. So that's not about, like, when was Stack Overflow successful. This is about when did you start on this adventure to build Stack Overflow and realize I haven't made, I've made a terrible life mistake and (laughs) everything I've done is a huge mistake. Yeah. So it is true. Like I I do tell people, like I'm not a big advice giver because I just don't feel qualified to give people advice about a lot of stuff. But I will say the good decisions are always a little bit scary because that means you're pushing yourself, right? Like you're not picking the thing that I know I can do, the thing that's going to be easy. You're picking the hard thing. You're picking the scary thing because I don't know if I can do this. Right. Right you know i don't know if i can make this happen this is i could fail mm-hmm. and if there's no chance of failure then you know there's nothing challenging for you you're not going to push yourself you're not going to achieve anything you wouldn't normally achieve right and on a more depressing note i've had jobs before where I kind of didn't care if I went to work in the morning (laughs) because I wasn't scared if I would lose the job because I didn't care, right? (laughs) And I was like, you got to be a little scared about losing your job, too, because you like your job. You want to do your job, right? And I remember having that feeling and thinking, wow, this is bad, right? I actually literally don't care if I lose my job because I just don't really want to show up here in the morning anymore, right? (laughs) So there's two flip sides to that coin of, uh, you know, that fear Hmm. feeling can be good and also bad. One last one. No, I should be thanking Jared. Jared's Great. He did it all. Jared did a ton of the early stack overflow. It's true. I think that that was after you did a scan to see who did the most
0: check ins into the source code. Yeah,
4: no, Jared did a tremendous amount of work because when we started, it was just me and Joel, right? It was me and Joel saying, Hey, we have this idea. Yeah. I said, I think I want to do something. I have this blog that's really popular. It's like, let's build something. And I just don't know exactly what it is, but I know I want to build something. And Joel said, I have this idea. I was like, I love that idea. That's a brilliant idea. And Joel's a great idea person. I'm actually a terrible idea person for the record. I'm a great like execution, I'm a great tweaker. But I'm a terrible, like, from scratch, come up with some new thing to do idea person. Joel's much, much better at that. But the idea was I would just work on it by myself. And I was like, okay, I'll sit in front of my visual studio. I would just sit there in front of visual studio going, uh, I don't know what to do, right? Like, (laughs) I just, I had this paralysis because I didn't really know where to start. And I realized, like, what I needed was a buddy. Like, I needed a coding buddy of some kind that would start work. And, you know, it's like dueling banjos. He would play some notes. Then I would play some notes. And then we had a song, right? But you're just sitting there like, I had to make up a song from scratch. You're like, holy crap. I had to make up a song from scratch. It's like, it's this huge paralysis sinks in. Whereas, you know, Jared was like, okay, I'm going to build the initial login system. It's like, cool. Then I'll, you know, I'll build a, a page that displays the questions, right? And we were riffing on each other. And then it became a thing. So without Jared, I basically wasn't able to get started. So Jared was yeah. hugely critical to the early beginning of Stack Overflow. I kind of literally couldn't have done it without Jared. All right. That's true. Thanks, Jared. And Jeff. I feel like We should say some nice things about Jeff Dalgas too. Yeah, Dalgis came out a little bit later, but yeah, I don't know the exact timeline, but it was the early, early versions of Stack Overflow, probably the beta and stuff. I should look this up, actually. <laughs> <laughs> For the
1: newcomers, a you know, the newbies, how did you two meet?
4: Um, Joel and Jeff? Yeah.
3: Or, yeah, who are you asking about? Joel and Jeff. How did you,
1: oh. you two meet?
3: I was a blogger, and Jeff With was a two
1: blogger. Two bloggers
4: love each other very, very much. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> one of them sends the other one an email.
0: The first time we met physically in person was at the Fogbugs World Tour in like El Cerrito or whatever that place is called
4: where you live. E- yes, it was Actually, the that's... East Bay. It
0: was like Oakland or something.
4: Where you went was by the IKEA. That's in Emeryville.
0: Emeryville. Okay. Yeah. So we knew we wanted to do a bunch around the San Francisco area. So we did. When I was marketing Fogbugs, I went to 39 different cities and gave presentations in front of mostly people who read my blog about how awesome Fogbugs was. And Jeff came to the one in Emeryville. So that was the first time we met in person. And I think we have not met in person a whole lot of times. I like to tell people it was under 10 times that we actually physically were in the same city together.
4: That's true. And we felt like we had known each other in terms of tone of writing. And I had actually made fun of Joel, you know, in a
0: hopefully Uh, good-natured
4: way in the past. (laughs) Maybe slightly good-natured way. Yeah, that was
0: before. That was before. Yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah, it was like Joel has jumped the shark. It was all about Oh yeah. Oh, man. Wasabi. That was about Wasabi, wasn't it? Wasabi, yes. Yeah, it was, was just wasabi. about the, the Wasabi idea scandal. Of creating Yeah, the Wasabi scandal.
0: That's because I used the wrong language uh, for Fog legs. Yeah,
4: I'm sure you guys are super tired about talking about that. We <laughs> don't need to we don't need to go into that. But Joel, you should direct very, Anil exactly. to resurrect Wasabi
2: for Fog Creek and I just I see, order he you, with, see I what he does. Order with. you
0: to recreate uh, Wasabi.
4: One last clip. Joel and I talked about this, and we decided we liked Stack Over. There's a lot of names we liked. and naming is I'm, really I'm Joel, hard. I'm me. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> oh, you're you're talking to our audience.
4: I'm talking to the audience. I'm not talking to you anymore, oh, Joel. See. You're not even. You're just you're just accidental <laughs> yeah. at this point. <laughs>
0: the audience is totally imaginary. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they haven't shut this off
2: by now. There
0: <laughs> really, there was no audience. No, was
2: just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. The audience was like your mom, Taco, and yeah. it was no, no, there taco must have been a lot that of There
4: was taco no Taco there. back then. Was before, oh, that that was that's true. That's true.
2: I, I remember when Taco arrived. Yeah, <sighs> back in the good old days. So Jeff, what's up with Discourse? I now more frequently run into. I'll be on like some place, and it'll say, "Or discuss it on our Discourse instance or on the Discourse." Yeah, I mean, everyone's using it.
4: Sorry, I got a little sidetracked because I'm looking up when I was talking to Jeff Douglas the first time, <laughs> and it looks like May, June, July. 2008 so it was pretty early that's the first email i'm just going through emails actually to pick that up it's where dalgas just sent us a screenshot of his journal and it's quite clear in there when he first uh well <laughs> <laughs> i just want to point out like my initial i will pay you 500 dollars a month that was the uh <gasps> that was
2: it's the, f- that weird. Was the initial bit. what his says is dear diary today i learned a little bit about life and a little bit about love so I I don't know what that means, but That's there's a dr- Doogie Hazard. There's a. You're totally right. It is Doogie. <laughs> oh wow! I can't believe you got that. Wow, <laughs> that is crazy. Joel and I have nice. the same weird old person memories. Okay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you you just super don't want to talk about discourse. It's okay. We don't have to. No, but... I, I do.
4: I just wanted to. I'm give happy to talk about Stack Overflow. That's where I work. Well, because I felt like we were talking a about Jared, and it's true that you know. Jeff Dalgis was equally as important. You love them both the same. We know. We know. And one funny thing about Dalgis, to tie this to discourse, is we love to blame things on Jeff Dalgis, no matter what happens. It's like, well, Dalgis, it's like a force of nature. Like, Dalgis happened, and then this bad thing happened. So I carried that over to discourse. So we actually have <laughs> custom emoji. You sure that wasn't Jason Punyan? Sorry. Well, Punyan is a different oh. level of... No, this is how he's taking the Punyon
2: thing even further. He used to constantly mess with Jason Punyon, and now he's even taken away the idea that he ever cared enough to mess with him. Uh-huh. Taking it to a new <laughs> level and assigning someone else the...
4: Yeah, so we'll blame things on Douglas, and then we have an emoji that we type into Slack. And it's like, oh well, Douglas. Obviously, this is why this happened
3: at Discourse, where Douglas has never worked.
4: Just to be clear to our audience, got it? Yes, exactly. He's never worked there. There's no possible way <laughs> he could have way. any impact on anything going on, and yet he's still responsible. Didn't
3: you guys like use
0: Python or something? It's not even the same programming language.
4: There's no way you could it's have Ruby, even it's, it's Ruby, Ruby. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ruby, and JavaScript. So. Riffing on some of the things I said earlier about discourse, where it's open source, that's one of the things that I wasn't able to do at Stack and kind of wanted to do because I'd seen what WordPress had done. And I feel like for some projects, not all projects, but for some projects being open source is the only way to really succeed because you're Mm -hmm. trying to achieve a level of, you know ubiquity in the world that requires anyone to be able to just grab your software and just run with it and do whatever their heart desires. But as you know, Stack Overflow is not a whatever your heart desires system at its core. It is a very narrow system. I call it a scalpel. It's like a very Mm -hmm. sharp tool for very specific uses. And it will actually kind of hurt you if you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) It's a little bit dangerous in that way, but that's part of the power of the system so with this course it's more like first it's open source which is great you know you can grab the code do whatever you want you don't have to ask us permission you can just run off and do whatever you want with this course and it's a lot more like a table knife it's a safer tool it's a more generally applicable tool it's something everybody who sits down to dinner would probably need whereas they don't necessarily need a scalpel when they sit down to dinner it's less of a school and more of a restaurant or gathering hangout place right Mm -hmm. so it's something you would see on every street corner in theory
0: yeah, and it's okay to have the same conversation three times. In fact, it's rather comforting. Yeah. It's okay to talk about you know social things or get a little bit off topic. Or
4: Yeah, and it's a really interesting complementary set of problems to Stack Overflow. Absolutely. And when you guys were talking about Twitter, it brought up something that I wanted to mention because it's a design issue that we are still struggling with at Discourse, which one thing that Twitter lacks, which is really surprising, is the ability to temporarily mute someone. Mm-hmm. Like say somebody's watching a football game that you mm. totally don't care about. Right. right? But they're just talking about it nonstop. Yeah. And well, you just that want them to mean... shut
0: up for a day, but then you're happy to go back to listening to them.
4: Yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean you hate this person. It doesn't mean right. you don't want to hear anything they have to say ever again. And yet, the toolbox that Twitter provides provides exactly one tool, which is the nuclear mute. Yeah. You mute that person for the rest of their natural life. That's it. Or you block they're them, gone. which is even worse. And
0: then I, I think you can't even – it's hard to find all the people that you muted in case you want to maybe yeah. like once in a while go back and, right. and let them back exactly. into your life.
4: And then the other problem for me is I've actually blocked a bunch of like spam accounts, like, you know, these weird semi-porn accounts that try to tweet. And yeah. so like there's a mixture of like stuff that I really want blocked. Yeah. And people that like, oh, God, I was just angry at that person for one minute or something. <laughs> but the toolbox is broken, right? Yeah. There should be a tool that says, hey, just, you know, I want to take a timeout from this person right. for like a few hours or a day or whatever. And the fact that that's missing is really kind of unforgivable for a there was social a, tool. On
0: Usenet, you would just hit capital K. And it would delete that message and never show you another message with the same subject. So basically, those people could go on talking about that stupid thing that they're talking about. Yeah. And it's like that thread would never come back in your life. And Gmail actually has that feature now.
4: Yeah. So the granularity is really important. When you offer a nuclear tool, you have nuclear wars. Because (laughs) the only tool you've given people is one that's nuclear. So one thing we want to do at Discourse is, initially, I didn't even have a mute feature. I was like, no, you can't mute people. You you need to deal with the fact that the people are here, and they need to be escalated to the moderators. And then over time, I realized that's not always tenable for a variety of reasons, plus flagging. Like, it's really hard to get people to flag things in social discussion, unless it's, like, way beyond the pale. Like, I mean, just people Mm. doing... Horrible things.
0: You're saying they're reluctant to flag even. They're
4: reluctant to flag like little things that probably should be flagged, right? Somebody's just a super personal attack all of a sudden on somebody, right? They just won't flag it. But another reason to offer this localized mute, like mute by time, mute by topic, mute by category, is it's a type of flag. If Joe is getting muted by 20 people like every day, Mm -hmm. then that's a problem Mm -hmm. and that needs to be dealt with. If Joe is getting muted by, you know, Tom, every day, then, well, that's just some personal beef these two people have that maybe they need to not see each other to be around each other. Yeah. So those are the kind of design issues that we're looking at with this course, which is, you know, really fun because it's an angle that, you know, I never looked at for Stack Overflow, and and it is totally social, right? You know, you were very adamant that everybody should be nice to each other, and I was always kind of mixed about this because I was like, okay... (laughs) <laughs> this is an interesting issue to take the con side of Jeff by the way. Okay, it's go totally on. True. It's totally well, true. Well, no no no, let me clarify. What I mean is you should always be civil. That's just correct. It's like social. That's like mismanners, right? You should yeah. always be civil, but that yeah. doesn't mean you actually like everybody that you're going to meet. This is kind of like dishonest at some level. That doesn't mean you get the right to be mean to them, but it does mean that, you know, you should always be civil, right? right. But in a system of data fact and science, it's not about how nice you are. It's about my data right, can beat right. up your data. Ultimately, is the best outcome in these systems my data can beat up your data in a civil way, right? That's science. Kind of, but
0: I think there are people that sort of say, listen, I got the most amazing data, and therefore I reserve the, the right data, to the data. be data. a bastard. Yeah. And I'm going to deliberately be a bastard to show you that you have to
4: tolerate my bastardity so that you can get my amazing data. Well, I would argue that falls on the side of civility. I think civility costs yeah, sure. a lot. Yeah, I, I um, would. Niceness is above and beyond. That's like going out of your way to. Essentially make people feel good, which is fine. But I find that that concept that you liked, that being nice, is hugely important in social systems. Way more important in discourse. We actually do optimize Hmm. for that. Like, there's a a like button, which is a heart. And it's the emotion we want people to have. It's empathy, right? It's like, I feel for you. It's like, my heart goes out to you. Like, we would never put a heart button on Stack Overflow. That you don't have, like, a weird. scratch
2: button, which means I want to hurt your face kind of thing.
4: No, no, no. And there's no downvoting, right? The concept of downvoting is completely removed, because how can opinion be wrong, right? I mean... Yeah. Well... So, I, I have a new respect for this concept that you talked about of being nice. I think in the context of discourse, it makes tremendous sense. Like, I've hugely come around on the that. The heart,
0: one. like the fave thing, or the like, or whatever. I mean, I guess, sort of dig then to Reddit and then to Facebook, but on Facebook... You were actually sitting there liking things that people were doing right on Facebook. I guess it's kind of like an output. I'm trying to just think of the history of that because it's actually gotten to the point where like human beings on earth now feel like they need to be able to just give you a little uh, smile or reaction. You know what
2: annoys me? They've sort of half fixed this because I've been using an app like the one you mentioned before. I use GroupMe with our friends, which is like a closed Facebook basically. Does it not have like? No, it does. It does because it's one of these little group messaging things. What annoys me is like if I'm on a like an iMessage group message. Yeah. They've sort of added these sticker idiocy things. It irritates me that when someone says something awesome, I have to write, That was awesome, Tommy. I'm glad you said it. When I want to just express, like, I want to hit a just button a smile. that says endorse this. Okay. And they added like stickers, but it's kind of weird because you're like attaching a weird picture. It's not standard. It's, it's actually gotten to the point we've where been people people we've been trained. We've
0: been this. trained. Yeah. They have a sort of yeah. social need to do that little nice thing of showing somebody that what they did actually
3: uh, it's also expressing uh, there's something about it that probably is just expressing something you do naturally in a conversation right where you're getting part like, of having uh-huh, a human uh-huh, conversation uh-huh, you're getting uh-huh. yeah you're getting affirmation you of things smile. you're saying yeah, yeah. It's, and if people are just not responding to you you sort of trail off and stop talking or
2: if
4: they're yeah. nodding along then you keep going like there's a little bit of that too yep. you don't
2: have something to add you just want to say like boy, like keep going
4: so i have to interject really briefly so yeah. there's this amazing show called black mirror Oh, yeah, gosh. it's on Netflix, and it is incredible. It's basically Twilight Zone for tech people, oh, and goodness. it's so yes. good. Dark. So, everything that we talked about here, watch season three, episode one. Okay, and it is everything that we talked about taken to like the extreme, like right? Mirror. Yeah, season it's three, yeah. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Basically go watch it. Okay. I demand that you watch it.
0: I'm gonna go home right
4: now. I'll <laughs> see you guys later. <laughs> the other cool thing about it is they're all standalone. There's no narrative that continues. Every episode is standalone. Yeah, they so don't feel so like, many. oh, now oh. I gotta watch season one, season yeah. two. Just watch whichever episode you want. I'll probably um, season watch three, them all. episode Can one is amazing. you should watch them
1: all, Joel. I know exactly which episode you're talking about, Jeff Nosedive. Yes. It's actually really scary. A lot of these episodes yeah. are dark. very scary. Yeah.
4: They're dark, but there is also, in that same season, San Junipero, which is incredible. Beautiful. That was uh, a And it's very episode. optimistic, actually. Yeah. yeah. So I recommend, if you feel bummed out after that, watch San Junipero, which is <laughs> also incredible for completely different reasons.
0: Let's do a little bit of News. <laughs>
1: Means a new suite of predictions. Technology commentators have so far suggested that 2017 will be the year of chatbots. The year of virtual reality, the year of self-driving cars, or even the year of delivery drones. 2017 could also be the year of improved cybersecurity due to the long string of high-profile hacks and data breaches in 2016. What it's not likely to be, however, is the year of digital downloads. 2016 saw a significant decline in digital download sales due to the popularity of streaming services like Netflix and Spotify. What what is
3: the
2: difference Let's there? try to parse that last I
3: don't feel like case. you get
1: to say digital downloads went down because of these other
3: services where people download way more things.
2: No, I think what they meant they buying versus streaming. Yeah, yeah, purchasing episodes I think versus subscription based.
3: Yeah, I don't think people Who cares about that? Buy Just... Yeah, I don't. Yeah. The point is it's going to be the year of the cyber. I totally buy that. I feel like that point same cyber.
2: analysis like a year and a half ago would have been like this year technology experts have determined for certain it will be the year of the Segway and Google Glass. Like it was all yeah. very like <laughs> I don't know, these are exciting to people. They're anticipating this... mass adoption, but nobody's really sure.
4: Okay, great news. <laughs> you have gone and wasted. <laughs> no no no. I, that was mesmerizing. I love the voice, first of all. I love with the idea that we have this really compelling voice. That was great. I could listen to that all day.
1: Thank you, Jeff. She,
2: Thank next you. week, she's going to read like the Juggalo <laughs> Wikipedia entry, and it's going to be just as good.
4: Wiki I think I would pay money to hear that,
0: actually, now. <laughs> well, this podcast, you can make a contribution <laughs> by sending dollar bills in an envelope <laughs> to... But here's the thing. I don't know the address. Well, you've gone <laughs> and wasted another hour of your life listening to Stack Overflow special podcast, <laughs> ceremonial, centennial edition Number 100 recorded Thursday, January 26th, 2017 at Stack Overflow headquarters in New York, New York. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell friends, spread the word, we need more subscribers. Adam Carolla is catching up with us. This podcast <laughs> has been brought to you by the Cheeseburger. Meat, bread, and American cheese. Available everywhere.
2: And That's an American cheese. The like worst
0: cheese, cheese. Compose has spent the last five years helping developers ship applications with production-grade databases. Try Compose today and get a free limited edition t-shirt. Hurry, quantities are limited. Visit Compose.com today. By the way, t-shirts are only
4: for U.S. residents.
0: Our audio engineer is Carlos Hernandez. Audio editor is David Greenlee. Technology concierge is Michael Rosa. Producer is Jess Perdue. Executive producer is Caitlin Pike. For Jeff Atwood, coding horror, Jay Hanlon, David Fortin, Ilani Itzaki. I'm Joel Spolsky. Goodbye. Uh, Bye Bye. See you later. Bye, everybody. Whoop,
4: whoop. on this adventure and we'll make you awesome we're gonna make the magic happen joel and i i promise you joel at some point maybe the 10th anniversary of tech overflow we will have full juggalo makeup joel and i i want to make that promise like in in. writing we're still recording on our end right Okay. Yes, we oh. So Joel, I'm kind of dragging you into this, but I—I I, I feel like for the 10-year anniversary, I'm ready. I will be ready. Trouble is, we're not making nostalgia as fast as we're consuming it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like,
2: if only we could make the took, past longer from the present.
0: This took like five years to generate all this nostalgia, and we just used it all up in one episode.